Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the commentary for Comedy of Errors Act 1 in the Pendant Shakespeare. I'm your director, Landon Bell, and I'm joined by our new assistant director, Swen Halverson. Hi, I'm Swen. And uh, unfortunately, our dramaturge, Colin Kelly, could not join us. Um, but we're going to talk, and we're going to try and entertain you as best we can. <laughs> okay. So, um, um, Swen, do you have any thoughts starting off here? Um, I was curious what a dramaturge was. Um, Colin's job as dramaturgy, um, it, usually when you've got like a Shakespeare theater group, uh, a dramaturge will come in and they'll, um, they'll examine the script, they'll make sure everything is uh, going to fit the production that they're doing and the style of production. And so, um, Colin's job as drama, dramaturge usually involves adapting the play to fit whatever style we're doing. And uh, in this case, we did Old West style. And uh, so uh, a lot of the things he adapted in the script were things like sound effects cues that uh, definitely help. I know it helps me, and I'm sure Swim would agree as well, uh, for his scripts that he has directed. Um, kicking us off here, we have Hal Waterman, as Duke Salinas. Um, and we also have Chris Pyle as Aegean. Which I suppose it's apt that Chris Pyle's Aegean is in the very first scene because today we're actually recording this on Father's Day. And this guy is a father who. He's had a pretty sad experience. <laughs> Losing his two sons and two adopted sons. And now he's in prison over it. Poor guy. Heavier task could not have been imposed than I to speak my grief. Also, um, if you were listening to the beginning of this, uh, you will have noticed uh, the, the music and. The various music pieces used throughout this are ones that I composed. Um, I'm doing the entire soundtrack for the play, which was a very dumb idea. <laughs> I can agree with that. <laughs> it, it was a very dumb idea for one person to take on, but it can't be reversed now. So, <laughs> here we are. I've done a little bit of composing before, and it takes a long time. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, um, but when you're doing a lot of pieces, it, it's very, very time-consuming, on top of already having to mix this play. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to pull off what I have pulled off so far without Swin's help, and for this act. Uh, he cleaned all of the lines for me, which that cut my time in half, my directing time. It, it takes it takes me a very long time, which it, it seems like it takes Swen no time at all. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's just on my end. I, it probably does take you a long time, doesn't it? Oh, it, I don't know. It takes probably, I don't know. It probably took about five hours on that. I'm not sure. It could have been less, but 
That's, that's still, yeah, that's, that's still a while. Um, yeah, it usually takes me, for any given episode, it usually takes me between five and ten hours, depending on how many lines there are. And this is actually one of the shortest episodes of The Pendant Shakespeare we have had that was not a sonnets episode. Um, this act is only two scenes, and the whole thing together is only about 16 minutes. Which... Yay! <laughs> uh, if you're if you're a longtime listener, you'll know that. Uh, yeah, that 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 is a welcome addition. Sometimes when some of the episodes are forty freaking minutes long. I have a confession that I'm not very familiar with Shakespeare, but uh, at all. But here they came. Oh, let me say no more. Well, that's a uh, that's one of the brilliant things about Shakespeare is that it, you can pick it up very quickly. I find. Though not pardon When I first came on board as an assistant director, I had previously read only a couple Shakespeare plays, and that was just for high school. Um, I knew nothing about much to do about nothing. <laughs> And so it was very much a learning experience. I, I, I've often said that the Pendant Shakespeare is the only pendant show where a synonym for pre-production is school. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it very much is, because uh, you're dealing with the script, you're dealing with these characters, you're dealing with casting these characters and having to learn about these characters as people submit wildly different takes on certain things. Thus have you heard me severed from my bliss that by misfortunes was my life prolonged to tell sad stories of my own I wasn't involved in the casting of this um, play, but uh, I'm curious what that was like. Uh, it was quite intriguing. Um, the turnout for this particular play was um, a little on the low side, but we did have enough people to cast the play. And uh, so it made it, it made fitting people into certain roles intriguing, and it also made fitting voices intriguing, because as people will catch on to later, in, in our version of Comedy of Errors, uh, both Dromeos, they look the same, of course, but because this is audio, they have to sound similar. So we have one that sounds kind of like they're from one geographical region, and another that sounds like they're from another one, but they sound a little bit similar. They have some of the same uh, eccentric attitudes and tones um, and the same thing for both of our antiphalases uh, they both have a uh, as, as Pete Milan described it a uh, Jimmy Stewart-esque voice and uh, Dave Morgan I, I cast Dave Morgan as the other antiphalas I, I asked him I said uh, if, I, if I cast you as the other antiphalus, can you do Jimmy Stewart? And he's like, yeah, if, if you if you send me the, the voice, I'll be able to do it just fine. And uh, so I send him the script, and I send him Pete's original audition so he could hear that voice. He sends me an email back, and he says, 
I might kill you. Killer, <laughs> take him to my custody. I will. By so, well, from what I've heard of, I've been mixing that where he comes in a little bit, and he seems to have managed it. Oh, he does. He does fantastic in the in the lines I have heard so far. Although I haven't heard your scene yet, You're, he's still working on uh, Act Three, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> and as am I. I just finished uh, another composition for this over the weekend, so hooray! And here we are with the second scene. Therefore, give out that you are of Epidamnum, lest that your goods too soon be confiscated. And this is Hannah Jane Condell as the first merchant. The merchant is apprehended for arrival here, and not being able to buy Who, in the script, uh, in, in Colin's adaptation of the script, she was actually called a Western Union... Employee, <laughs> go bear to the centaur, where which seems come. quite appropriate Stay to me. Dromeo, till I come to thee. Within this hour, and of course, Pete Mylan as Antipholus of Syracuse. View the manners of the town, peruse the traders, gaze upon the buildings, and then return and sleep within mine inn. For with long travel, I am. And up, up here in just a second, uh, Mindy Raskinen as Dromeo of Syracuse. Many a man would take you at your word and go indeed, having so good a mean. Now, um, a trusty villain up front, something something you might, something you might catch on to if uh, my if, if you pay attention to the cast list and stuff like what? that. Um, our Dromeos are two different genders, uh, which is totally different from how it is in the text. But again, because it's audio, we can say, well, Mindy's Dromeo is tomboyish. Or, well, the opposite of tomboy. A male tomboy. And Christopher Gilstrap's Dromeo of Ephesus is obviously a sibling he that with me to my similar vocal qualities. Me to the thing I cannot get. But they're both male, is what I'm getting at. And um, that, that's one of the things, that's one of the interesting things that you can do in audio is, uh, Sometimes you can you can bend certain characters' genders just because of how they sound. Versus if the characters were played on stage, you would then have to deal with the attire and all that stuff. Which, if this was played back in Shakespeare's day, all of the characters would be played by men. <laughs> but this is fortunately not Shakespeare's day. And who plays this Dromeo? Uh, this is Christopher Gilstrap as Dromeo of Ephesus. He cracks me up. He is hilarious. This is one of those auditions, and, and I've had a few of these in the history of the show. Uh, one of them was Jason R. Wallace's Caesar. Uh, and another one of them was this Dromeo. I heard it, and I knew immediately who I was casting. Immediately. Um, 
Of course, the problem with this particular character was I had to find somebody who could I could pair up with that. And uh, I, I was very fortunate to have someone like Mindy who had auditioned because I, I could tell Mindy to give me the boot and she could probably do it. Yeah, she's pretty good. She has a very good range um, as far as actors go. Um, a lot of actors have it. A lot of actors don't have it. And um, Many actors have to hone it in if if they don't, or even even if they do. And um, Mindy is very good. She's very seasoned at this. Come, these jests are out of season. Reserve them till a merrier hour than this. Where is the gold? These jests are out of season. I love that line. Why you gave no gold to me? Come on, sir knave. Have done your foolishness and tell me how I should also mention um, because I forgot to mention this at the beginning. Uh, this was actually one of the plays that we received that was a uh, request, and of course we have a, probably a dozen or more requests, and almost all of them are for the more popular plays. And uh, this one is—it's is, kind of in the, in the middle as far as Shakespeare play popularity. And uh, the previous dramaturge, uh, Cat Pride, had asked for this a couple times in the past. So this is your play, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she actually gets to play Adriana in uh, later acts. So, I got to mix it. It is, it is, it is very appropriate that she's in the play that she requested. And yeah, uh, Swim was saying that he he mixed the scene she was in, and uh, it's actually his very first scene, which you will get to hear in Act Two. Mm-hmm. What mean you, sir? For, for, for God's sake, hold your hands. I mean, nay, and, and you will not, sir. I'll take my heels. So yeah, if uh, if you caught on to that, um, Antiphilus just slapped Dromeo, which um, this play has a lot of slapstick humor. And there are times when some of the slapping comes off as uh, very, very out of place, even in a Western setting. Um, so it, it helps to understand that there's a historic context for this play and the type of humor it employs. Um, or otherwise you might be listening to this and you might be like, wait, wait, wait. Shakespeare. He's just also slapping this character whenever he wants. Show. <laughs> Comedy of Errors, Act 1. And we're already at the credits. Chris Pyle as Agent. Pete Milan as Antipolis of reading the credits. Uh, this is Brian Reed reading the credits. And of course, this is the uh, Comedy of Errors theme in the background. Uh, Smothered in Errors. Which most of the uh, most of the tracks for. The, uh, the soundtrack have titles that are in reference to lines in the play, so you will hear that line in an upcoming act. Produced by Pendant Productions. 
This production is copyright 2015. And we're at the end here, the very end. So, anything else you want to add, Swen? See you next commentary. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next month. Later.